Hello and welcome back to the Journey to Motherhood podcast. I am your host, Quashonda Everett, and you are listening to episode four featuring a guest named Erica. Erica will be sharing her personal journey to motherhood. Thank you for tuning in and I hope you enjoy. Hi, Erica. Welcome to the Journey to Motherhood podcast. Hello. How are you? Hey, thanks so much for doing this. Um, I like to give a little history of the guest and just to introduce um, Erica. I met Erica back in 2006 when I first moved um, to Greenville, North Carolina. We worked at the same child care center. And um, although we have went our separate ways throughout the years, we have always kept in touch. And um, Erica is just a sweetheart, always have been, always the same. And I just appreciate you, Erica, uh, for coming on and sharing your journey with us. Thank you. Thank you. Um, It's it's an honor. Thank you for having me. Actually, my journey started in 2015. Um, I found out March 2015 that I was pregnant. And um, uh, me and my husband was super excited and everything. Um, so I would say probably around about a few months done passed. I say probably in June, I think June the 2nd, I had a doctor's appointment and, um, that was the same day that I found out what I was having. So found out I was having a little girl. And of course I was like, oh yes, you know, I always wanted a girl. So I have my boy and I have my girl. And, um, and after that, I mean, everything I started, you know, doing a lot of shopping and getting things, picking up stuff here and there um, and everything. So I would say around about June the 25th, about June 25th, it was a normal day for me, just doing my normal routine. Um, I would say around about two o'clock that afternoon. Um, I was like, okay, I'm feeling kind of funny. I go to the bathroom. So I went to the bathroom and um, I discovered like some type of mucus. And um, I was like, oh, so I started kind of freaking out. So I, I immediately called the doctor and the doctor said, hey, um, I need for you to come in. So I went and they, you know, examined me. They um, they saw the same thing that I saw and they was like, oh, you know, I just need for you to kind of just take it easy, try to not do no extra activities and um, drink plenty of uh, water and so on. So I was like, OK, so I guess I'm, I'm good. So they sent me home. So I did exactly what the doctor said. I came home and um, sat there on the couch, watched TV and everything. Didn't buzz, didn't move. Um, so later that night, I went to bed. And I say probably around about three o'clock that morning, I started to feel funny. I felt like I had to use the bathroom. Like, you know, when your stomach is hurting really bad, like you got, I hate to say it with diarrhea or something like, I got to go, got to go feeling. Mm-hmm. So um, we went to the bathroom and I was feeling pressure. And um, that whole time when I, when I was in the bathroom and sitting on the toilet, then I would say I just started experiencing blood just flowing everywhere and I panicked. So I'm waking up my husband like, honey, honey, we got to go. We have to go to the hospital. So I got there and when I got there, they um, laid me. They said, well, I need for you to get on the bed. I was like, I can't. 
I cannot move. That's how bad I was hurting. And they finally got me on the bed and they looked at me and i never forget his face. Mm. He had his look like, oh my God. And I looked at him and he said, ma'am, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry to say this, but you are fully dilated. You are 10 centimeters dilated. And how I'm like, how, how many weeks were you at that point? I was, I was 20 weeks. Mm-hmm. 20 weeks. And I said, what do you mean I'm fully dilated? That, that's, that's not right. I had no contractions, nothing. I just had pressure, which I said it was normal. And I, but it was like that different type of pressure. Mm-hmm. Um, it was, it was like a, a come and go, but that particular night it was, whoo, it was, yeah, it was serious pressure, but I had no pain. I had no contractions, none of that. Um, so at that particular time, they said, I'm sorry, you had 20 weeks. We have to go ahead and deliver the baby. And at this point for you, for you being 20 weeks, the baby would not survive. And at that point, I, I completely broke down. Like I was in a drum, like a dramatic mode, like crying, like, no, this is not happening. It, it, yeah, it was a lot that was going through my head. Mm. And, um, at that moment, um, she was born Paris. Her name was Paris. Um, she was born June the 26th. She only, she was only alive for, I think, a good hour, a little over an hour. So I got a chance to, you know, hold in my arms and everything. But um, at at that time, I, I wasn't understanding, like, what's going on? So they told me, they said, well, ma'am, um, for what you're telling me, you had no contractions. I said, I had no contractions whatsoever. So that's when they diagnosed me with the incompetent service. Mm-hmm. And I, I was like, hey, confidence service. I never heard that. What is that? So they was explaining to me about um, that which, when you when you're um, pregnant, your cervix um, it weakens. When you have an incompetent service, you have a weak a weak cervix, meaning that you are not able to carry full term. And you had so already had a child, though. Like you had a son prior to this, right? I did. Yes, yes. And you didn't I have did. issues. You didn't have issues with your cervix. No, no. I had a strong cervix, but he was born um, at thirty-three weeks, premature. Mm-hmm. But other than I had no complications. No, I had nothing. So that did not cross my mind to like, okay, what do you mean? How did I? I mean, so I'm starting, you know, thinking. Is this something, you know, I do? How, I mean, what's going on? How did I get that? Mm-hmm. So um, he was like, uh, well, you know, we do have, you know, a solution for in that if you decide that you want to become pregnant again. Um, so they was telling me about the saclage. So they was like, um, if you become pregnant again, then we will monitor you closely um, and everything, but there is a solution for that. I said, okay. Mind you, I wasn't thinking about getting pregnant mm-hmm. um, right away, mm-hmm. but it did happen. Mm-hmm. So I gave birth, had a miscarriage, lost Paris, June 26th. Fast forward to September of the same year, I found out I was pregnant again. And um I was I was super excited 
but scared at the same time. Because mm-hmm. I know what I went through last time with mm-hmm. the lost parents. Um, it was like a roller coaster. So I was like, I don't know if, you know, I'm, I don't know what's going to happen. You know, am I going to have another miscarriage? So I was like, I'm going to try not to think about that. I'm going to trust God. So, um, that's what I, that's what I did. The pregnancy, um, went on and I say probably around about eight weeks. I had an appointment, doctor's appointment. So I thought I was pregnant with twins. That was like, whoo, twins. Wow. <laughs> okay. So, uh, my husband was like, oh, twins, what are we going to do with twins? I was like, honey, I don't know, <laughs> but we'll get through it. <laughs> So, uh, so yeah, so this was right at eight weeks. And um, after that, I say uh, probably fast forward to 11 or 12 weeks, I had another thoughts appointment. And when it was doing the ultrasound, they said, um, we only see one baby in here. I said, uh, what do you mean? I said, my last thoughts appointment, it was two heartbeats. They get, I had the ultrasound pictures, everything. And um, I was explaining to him, I said, there's two babies in there. So I said, you can, you know, look again. <laughs> and uh, she said, she said, ma'am, it's only one. I see one. I was like, now nah, I know I'm not tripping. She said, ma'am, cases like that, when you start off in early pregnancy, um, and you have, if you're having twins further along into the pregnancy, you might have one twin that vanish. And they call it the vanished twin. Never heard that term. Wow. Uh, but that's what happened. So at 13 weeks, it was just one baby. So I would say as the pregnancy uh, continued, around about 17 weeks, I had another doc's appointment. And um, that was the same day I found out what I was having, which it was a boy. And they also told me that my service looked like it was ready to open up. Mm. So they said, ma'am, we, we want to go ahead and um, we want to go ahead and do emergency clogs on you. So I was like, okay, do what you need to do. I say maybe the next day or two, I had the surgery. So I had a clog in me. So this was right at 17 weeks. Fast forward 17, 18, 19 weeks, I started having some pressure, but I was trying not to think of it. So 20 weeks hit and fear, everything just started like, oh my God, fear, oh my God. So the reason why I had that fear was because I started to have the same type of symptoms, the same type of pressure that I had with my last one. And I was like, okay, you know, uh, I don't know what to do. I'm trying not to think about it until when I went to sleep. And I said, no, uh-uh, something's just not right. My gut feeling was telling me, go to the hospital. So I got my husband said, honey, we got to go to the hospital. And he, he was looking like, oh my, like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. So we got to the hospital and they checked me out. And they said, ma'am, you're four centimeters dilated. Oh. I said, well, how am four centimeters dilated with a saclage in me? And um, they was like, well, um, they said sometimes it's still, you know, you still, you, can, you know, you still can dilate um, and everything with the saclage in it. Um, 
But with that particular saclage, it's only a 50-50. It's a 50% chance. So um, I was like, okay. So they told me, they said, we have to take the saclage out of you because we don't want to keep this saclage in you. And then if you're dilating like this, that saclage is going to rip through your service and you won't be able to have any kids at all. So they um, prepped me for surgery, take it out and everything. And um, they told me, they said, well, there's two things going to happen. Either your cervix is going to shrink back to its normal size or it's going to continue to dilate. And that's what happened. It continued to dilate Mm. after the saclage was taken out. And as I was waking up from um, surgery of of the um, saclage being taken out, I felt a gush come out. The baby was still in the sack. And yeah, so I looked at the nurse because I literally, I was just waking up. I said, nurse, nurse. And she looked, she's like, oh my God. So she called the doctors in and the baby was still in the sack. Everything still intact. So, um, after that, I would say, we did give him a name. His name was Kaysen. Mm-hmm. Um, and he lived a little bit longer than Paris. He lived about a good eight hours. Mm. So I had him for eight hours. And um, this was Christmas because I went in Christmas Eve, oh. December 24th. I had, yep, December 24th. I had him December 25th. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, um, Shonda, I had no feelings. I was numb. I showed no type of emotion. I showed nothing. It was like a blank stare. Mm. And I had people to come visit me, but I barely had anything to say. Mm-hmm. I still had a smile and I was trying to figure out why don't I have any feelings? I was completely numb. Um, so it, it was a lot going on. Like I'm in the hospital on Christmas day, you know, while my family is enjoying each other. And, um, I come home and I, I, I don't know. I would just, I don't know. I felt like giving up. Mm-hmm. I feel like everything was, was, was over for me. So then I start to go into that question. Why Lord? Why me? Why am I going through this now? Mm-hmm. I done had two losses. Mm-hmm. Two losses. And I remember talking to my husband, and he started to pray. He started to encourage me. And I had um, friends. And, oh, my God, I'm, I'm so thankful for the great support system. Mm-hmm. Because Lord knows if I did not have that, I I'll be all over the place. Mm-hmm. But I thank for the great friends and family being there, getting me um, through this. And I remember praying to God. I said, God, I need, I need you. Please give me the strength. And at the same time, while when I had, um, when I had case in December 25th, my friend, my real good friend, that um, my close friend, she was pregnant too. So she gave birth to her baby girl in January. Mm. And I was there with her the whole time. And I know she was looking at me like, 
girl, how in the world you do it? But you're, but you just, you're that kind of person, Erica. You've always like had the sweetest heart. Like that's one thing. If I could describe you, I would always say you have the sweetest heart. So it doesn't even shock me that you were there. <laughs> I, I, I told her, I said, you know what? You're my friend and I have to be here for you. Yes. I just came out the hospital and yes, but I don't want to be, and that's just not me. Like you just said, that's not my character. And that's not who I am. Mm-hmm. I'm still going to be happy for you. And I'm still going to celebrate you because at the end of the day, God is looking at me. Mm-hmm. He's looking at my heart. He's looking at how, how I'm reacting. Mm-hmm. And I have to be happy, you know, for people. And that's my more like, if you're happy for people and you're celebrating people, guess what? God is going to make a way on your behalf. God is going to open doors mm-hmm. for you because he see that you're celebrating. You're still being happy mm-hmm. for people. And that's how I look at mm-hmm. it. And I, for a fact, like, God, if this is in your will for me to have a child, it will happen. Mm-hmm. And I know that everything happens for a reason. And I'm going through this for a reason to be a testimony unto somebody else. Mm-hmm. That's the same thing that I'm going through. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So that's how I looked at it. And um, after having a good conversation with my husband and everything, um, I would say a whole year went by, 2016. Fast forward to 2017, March, no, February of 2017. That's when I made up my mind. After having a conversation with my husband, we decided to move forward on trying again. Um, he was kind of, you know, like, oh, no about that. Cause it's like, I don't want you to go through that again. But I told my husband, I said, honey, I had this dream and that's why I was moving forward. I know I felt like it was a vision. I, I, I gave birth to a baby girl and I said, okay, Lord, let your will be done. So that's when I started doing my research on, okay, I know I have incompetent service. So let me see what type of cyclage is out there. And that's when I found out it was like three different types. But the most successful one was the transadonimal cyclage, which they do not do here. So I had to actually travel um, to different doctors and meet with them and everything. And I traveled to Raleigh, then um, back and forth to Raleigh, then UNC Chapel Hill and everything until I... um, found a good doctor mm-hmm. um and um he was looking at my history and everything so um he examined me he did my physical blood work everything and stuff and said hey you are a good candidate for this um and we'll go ahead and set the surgery for june and so that was already set so I'm super excited. I was like, oh, because on top of that, I've been doing my research and been reading up on the, the uh, trans-endonymous mm-hmm. and the stories that people had told about it, you know, the successful um, pregnancies, how they was able to carry for turns. So I was like, this is what I want. And uh, it does have some risks to it, but I was like, you know, God, I'm in your hands. And I trust So that you. procedure is before you, you get pregnant. Do they? Okay. Yes. It, it's before you get pregnant. But leading to that, as being said, as we set the um, date for uh, the procedure date for June. Now, this was in March when we set it. Now, April, I found out I was pregnant. Wow. <laughs> I was like, oh my God, I don't know what to do. I have surgery in June. I I, I would just I just started freaking out. 
because I don't, I was like, I don't know if they're going to still do the surgery. Um, you know, I mean, being pregnant, I'm not sure. Now I had a DOS appointment prior to the surgery for like paperwork and everything and stuff. Mm-hmm. So this was probably around about in May. Yeah. Probably about in May or the early part of June. I had to tell them. And at that time it was about seven weeks, seven, eight weeks pregnant. I said, Hey, I just found out I was pregnant. I have surgery in June. Are y'all able to still perform the surgery with me being pregnant? So um, the nurse was like, hold on, let me, you know, talk to the doctor and everything. And I'll let you know. She came back and she said, okay, I talked to the doctor and the doctor said that we want to wait until you get to your second trimester to perform the surgery. Mm. And I was like, okay. Now it was, I was kind of relieved, but at the same time, not because I was like, I started panicking, like, am I going to get that far? You know, so all this started going through my head. So um, I say probably 10, 11, 12, 13, 14 weeks. They wanted to do it right at 14 weeks. So 14 weeks finally got here. And I was like, whew, I can have the surgery now. So um, they end up doing surgery right at 14 and a half weeks and everything. And um, I was like, oh, okay. So I have a good chance of carrying this baby for a term. So um, I would say 15, 16, 18, 19 weeks got here because I know I was knocking on 20. And um, I was like, okay, okay, Lord Jesus, I'm trying not to panic. I'm trying not to be scared because 20 weeks is getting ready to be mm-hmm. here. So I didn't think nothing of it. I didn't think, I, my husband said, don't think about it. If it's in God's will, it would be so I was like okay honey you're right so 20 weeks get here and then I started to get towards the end of 20 weeks into 21 22 I, I was like no lie Shonda my hands went up and I was like Lord I thank you I got past 20 <laughs> weeks and at that point I was like okay now let me get to 24 weeks and that way I know if I end up having her um if I end up having, um, yeah, if I end up having her, then I know, you know, she'll mm-hmm. survive. So right at um, 24 weeks got here, I was like, Lord, I think I'm, I'm about past 24 weeks, 25, 26 weeks got here. So I say right at 25 weeks, I had a, um, that I had a gender reveal. And that's when I had a girl and everything and stuff. Um, and then I say 27 weeks into 30 weeks at that point Shonda I was like I'm I'm thinking that I got this far (laughs) that I got this far and I was like I can actually start planning for a baby shower you got me in tears in here I'm in tears I was like I was like oh my god I can finally start planning for a baby shower and um, I ended up having a baby shower right at 32 weeks because I didn't have one with London because I had him. Matter of fact, I went in um, into labor and had him the day I supposed to have his baby. Wow. So I never had one with him. So I could finally plan this, this big, nice baby shower that I never had for, for my little girl. And at that moment, when I found out it was a girl, I said, Lord, let your will be done. 
Lord, let your will be done. It was a girl. I was like, I think it's a girl. So um, I say um, I had a doctor's appointment, I think right at 33 weeks um, and everything. I said the baby was doing fine and everything. My health was good. I had no complications throughout this whole entire pregnancy. That saclage was still holding up. My service was And that's strong. the thing. We have, like, you have to be an advocate for yourself because a lot of these doctors, like, why didn't your doctors, you would think your doctors would have told you that. You know what I'm saying? And you had to go and do mm-hmm. your own research mm-hmm. and find the folks that work. That That's what I tell anybody. Like, don't allow them to just keep working on you. You have to go and look and dig up things for yourself. You know, it's a good yes. thing that you mm-hmm. found it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes, I. You know what? And that's what I ended up doing because I'm not going to give up. I, I'm. I'm. I'm not going to give up. And then on top of that, like I said, I could have, you know, blamed that doctor because that first loss that I had, she sent me back home knowing that I was a fingertip dilated, and I did not know. She did not tell me at all. I didn't find that out until I request for my medical records. Wow. Yeah. So, and at that time, you know, I wanted to pursue pursue a lawsuit and I went through the whole process with that too. Wow. So, uh, yeah, so I'm, I'm like, uh, uh, Lord, but, um, but yeah, I getting through 32, 33 weeks that my service is still intact, is still strong and everything. The, the saclage was still, was the saclage were doing this job. Mm-hmm. Now it was doing its job. And um they told me they said we're gonna go ahead and set a date for your um C-section. And it was um right at 37 weeks, full term, and they set it for um for um January mm-hmm. the fourth. And January the fourth got here, prepped and everything and stuff, and I had my baby girl, seven pounds and five ounces. Oh, so you went you went with those doctors, yeah. you just did all your visits and everything there. I do. Okay. Uh-huh. Yep. I didn't want to I didn't want to deal with anything Greenville. I'm sorry, but that was my personal opinion. Yeah. That's how I felt like yeah. I didn't yeah. want to. And you had no. already dealt with mm-hmm. them enough with your two other losses. So why I did. Yeah, yeah. That yeah. is oh my mm-hmm. gosh, girl, your story. I was in t- I have white tears the entire time I've been listening. I knew about your first, I knew about Paris, but I didn't know about your second loss. And um, I'm just thank you so yeah. much, Erica, for coming on and, and sharing this. Without a doubt, I know it's gonna bless somebody. We don't ever yeah. go through yeah. things. We so never right. go through things just to be going through. God don't waste pain. He don't waste pain, and it's exactly. somebody else that's gonna exactly. listen to this and hear about that Sir Clark that you just mentioned, and it's gonna help save their pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Yes, 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 it is, and you know, and that's why. I felt like, and like I was telling my husband, I'm going through mm, this for mm, a reason. Mm. I'm going through this for a reason. And at that time, yeah, I felt like giving up and everything. Yes, we do have feelings. And yes, we feel like, okay, I can't do this. But I said, Lord Jesus, and one thing I That's do right. have is faith. And I'm going to trust and believe in you. And I know, I know if this is in your will, it right. will happen. And it did. It will happen. Wow. Oh. 
Yeah. Um, oh, that was such a powerful story, girl. Thank you so much. I have to, I've been white. I'm sitting here. You're so welcome. I'm like, Lord have mercy. This is amazing. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank I, you know you. what? It is crazy because I thought about you because I knew about Paris and I was hesitant to reach out because I didn't know how sensitive it was to you. And so I was kind of hesitant uh-huh. to reach out and ask you to do this. But then you kept falling in my spirit, kept falling on my mind. And I was like, you know, that's why I said, if not, I understand. But I just want to see if you'll consider. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, I had to. <laughs> yeah, I said, you know, I'd be glad to because, you know, there's other people that yes, need to hear girl. my story. And that's why yes, I went through. So other people can, can hear it. And it, it's funny you said that because after... Um, after I had, this is my second loss. And like I said, I never posted anything mm-hmm. about the second. Which is understandable. I, I didn't. Yeah. I, I didn't post anything. Uh, but when I did to share a little bit of my story about my second, and then a lot of people started inboxing me. And it was like, because they was mm-hmm. going through the same thing. Or they did go mm-hmm. through the same thing. Uh, but, uh, but yeah, like, like I told my husband, you know, I, I go through this so I can be a testimony. And it's definitely going to bless somebody because just the information you shared alone is going to help someone else who is going to these doctors mm-hmm. who is just not giving them this because I had never heard of that. That That's amazing. You know what I'm saying? I oh. know that someone is going to listen and it's going to help them figure out what to do next. Yes. yes well, thank yes. you so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. It was great You're talking welcome. to you and you take care, girl. Yes, hey, talk to you. Thank you. You too.